0: on satellite.
1: Welcome to Kings of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. There's a lot of things uh, in the conversation talking about the Kingdom because the Kingdom is such a vast area of our existence and creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and created mankind from some substance uh, called the Dhamma, and he brings life into it now you can interpret that a lot of different ways uh, everybody wants to translate Hebrew into English as if they simply translate straight across uh, but the reality is it's a completely different kind of language and it does not translate straight across that's why you can go to any Greek concordance and look in uh the are words, and you'll find single words in the Hebrew, translated five, ten, fifteen, twenty, even twenty-five different ways. Now, some of those words may be similar. Some of those words will, may be completely different. You can also look at the words uh, are usually composed of three letters, uh, all the way across without vowels. It's not a language that was meant to be spoken. It was a language that was meant to be read. It's uh, it's like Chinese and Japanese uh, in the sense that it's uh, ideograms, but it's also like languages that we have today that use an alphabet because the alphabet actually has meanings. Each letter has a meaning, and the position of those letters in the words will give you a concept. And you take a letter out, you change the meaning. You change the position of a letter, you change the meaning. You add a letter, you change the meaning. Well, many words are... Uh, uh, there's actually... Not only do you have single words that are defined uh, or at least translated 15 different, 20 different ways, you'll have the same three letters forming completely different words. Same exact three letters in the same exact order, forming completely different words. Now, there have been attempts over history to take add dots and, and uh, titles to stabilize the meaning of certain words, but who gets to decide to do that? How does that work? The reality is it's a very flexible language Every single word has both a physical or metaphysical meaning to it, or a metaphorical meaning to it, an abstract meaning to it. Uh, that would seem very difficult to follow a language like that. You would almost have to be divinely inspired in order to read it accurately. He certainly would have to be divinely inspired in order to translate it accurately. And, of course, people have not done so. We like to think that uh, King James, some people are very adamant that King James is so divinely inspired. Well, in a way it is. But it's still cryptic. It still can be full of deceptions. You just take the English Bible, any King James or any of them, and you will get ten different scholars reading that same exact Bible and come to different conclusions reading it in the English only. Language is full of deception. It is something that can be used to deceive you rather quickly, rather easily mislead you especially when you deal with a book the size of the Bible you can easily be misled because people can take bits and pieces so how do you know if you're accurate how do you know if you're correct in your understanding of the Bible well uh, that's that's the 64 billion dollar question ultimately if the Bible was absolute straightforward in your face truth they would have all been burned long ago nobody wants to hear that kind of truth they want to avoid it at every possibility and that's a characteristic that has come down to us since Adam hid in the garden you see Adam made an error he made a mistake we call it a sin he did something he wasn't supposed to do Adam and Eve did this in conjunction with each other they ate of this strange tree of knowledge and they realized they were naked without authority without the power to decide by knowing information alone what was true and what was not true what was right what was wrong what was good what was evil They tried to use their own brains, their own knowledge, this tree of knowledge to decide right and wrong. And they realized they couldn't do it. They could be deceived and hid from that truth. And we've been hiding ever since. On the uh, Living Network, uh, I sent out a few things in the last couple of days. And I'm... They're actually, some of these things, they look like they're statements all by themselves, explaining certain things. Uh, about One of them was about an Amish uh, case, a law case, that uh, um, just one, Amish said that they had to be separate and they couldn't go along with the animal registration uh, that we see uh, coming down from the United States federal government. And they actually won their case because they had to be separate. They couldn't be a part of that because they were going to be included in a group. And he won the case. Now, how he won the case, I would not have made those same arguments myself. Uh, although some of the precepts I mentioned in the little uh, glitch that or little blip that I sent to the network groups, you can't get those emails unless you get on the network groups. Some of the emails that we will send out will only go to people who pick contact ministers. Uh, That's the Living Network News. In other words, if you do not want to gather together with others, fine. (laughs) Have at it. Make a run for it. Uh, More power to you. Uh, But if you want to gather with others, we'll share certain information with you. That's the way it works. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want. But we don't have to tell you anything if you don't want to gather with us. Now, this was a problem at the time of Christ. The apostle said, you know, these people are doing things in your name. But uh, they're not with us. They're not a part of our network. They're not a part of our system. What was the system? Well, we explain that in in, uh, the free church report and in the book, That Kingdom Come. It's the tens, hundreds, and thousands. That's why you got 12 apostles and 120 people in the upper room. They were networking. They were organizing 10 families and a minister. Those ministers get together with 10 other ministers. And you start developing this pattern where you have 10 families and a minister. That's 11. And then you have another. He picks a minister and that's a 12. Now, if you have a dispute within the 10, the 10 resolve it amongst themselves. You should resolve this amongst yourself, Paul says. Why? Because every congregation is autonomous. Every congregation should be a home church. in a home. And what they do in there, I'm not going to tell you exactly. I can give you a lot of ideas. I was in Carolinas a couple of months ago, and they had a very unique way of meeting. They had a lot of people would like to come there and play music. That was their thing. And they were darn good at it. And it was uh, very relaxing, so people would actually get up and do a little dancing. They actually had some uh, little, sport floor tramp- trampolines and uh, some of the people would kind of bounce on that, the to be the music, and they would listen. And then they'd have quiet periods and uh, prayer periods. And sometimes people would speak. And sometimes when they sang, uh, there was kind of a message in the song. It was kind of ad-lib. And some of the people were very talented. And, uh, and that's a unique way of doing it. I'm not very good with music. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I love to listen to it, but uh, you don't want to listen to me play it. Uh, I've got a couple of sons who are somewhat talented in that area and are getting and learning more. Some of the people that were at the meetings in Carolina, they, I mean, their whole family, they... They went from very small kids, and they, they'd go from violin to guitar to piano. Every one of them was extremely talented in music, but they, they're, that was a big part of their family and a part of their ministry. Other people will have different talents. Other people will have different ways of communicating to you. Some will be very direct. They will actually, you know, be very confrontational in their statements to you. It should should be done with love, not be, you know, screaming and yelling with emotion. Uh, There's a serious problem if you see that. Uh, That's probably not the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Uh, But uh, uh, that's probably just them. Blowing their top. Being angry. Um, Being swept away by the emotions which come often from this mental tree of knowledge that we eat. And, and people don't realize how much they can be influenced by that. Somebody brings new knowledge to you, new information, and you're carried away with it. That's not necessarily a good thing. You should be guided and led by this uh, spiritual life. And the knowledge is something that passes before you like information on a screen. And you see the knowledge, but you make your decision in the spirit. And when you get into a home church and you start meeting uh, with other people and we don't have a lot of people out here in this community. We're a family, very tight knit family. We have a tight knit community around us, um, uh, but we don't have the numbers that you would have in the city. I mean, it's you know, you got a thousand square miles and I know most of the people in it. Um that uh that's uh kind of a unique uh situation in the cities. you you can have a huge neighborhood with tens of thousands of people and and to get 10 people in a home church is not a very difficult thing to do here the his church in Summer Lake, our congregation we do have some people that are not too far away but uh, the fact is is that we're mostly serving people at great distances And, well, our purpose is, to some degree, besides just preaching the kingdom, is to help home churches unite with other home churches, where they still remain autonomous, but they begin to become in contact with others. We also show them some of the legal realities of the world in which they live. I mean, if you were to want to go out here in the desert, we would... We would uh, show you where, uh, you know, you got to watch out for there. There's a rattlesnake there. Uh, You know, you got to watch out for there. You don't want to drink that water. Uh, You know, if you go up in the woods, there are dangers and pitfalls up in the woods. When I grew up in the bios of Texas, uh, there were things to watch out for, water moccasins, copperheads, uh, coral snakes, uh, eight-foot alligator across the street from our house uh, about a quarter of a mile down. and actually got within probably 10 feet of that alligator. Didn't even know he was there until he moved. And unfortunately, he didn't move towards me. He moved away, but it was quite an impressive event because I wasn't very big. I would have gone down rather smooth at that time. But uh, those are dangers in that environment. Well, there's a legal world that we live in, too, and there are dangers in that environment. Incorporation of your church. Not a good idea. Uh, uh, Asking the IRS to be the overseer of your church, not a good idea. That's what you do when you file a 1023. Uh, Those things take away the autonomy of your church. But yet the church is supposed to be, you know, the individual church. I say church. I really should use the word congregation. There's only one church. There's not 5,000 churches or 10,000 churches. Christ didn't start all those. He just started one church, one called out. One group. Now, those who don't want to be a part of that little flock, uh, that network, and want to go do their own thing privately and separately, they're perfectly free to do that, and there's nothing we're going to do about it. Uh, and Christ told us to leave them alone, let them do their own thing. That's their choice. Uh, he didn't tell them to do their own thing. He just said, let them do their own thing. The reality is that they're not against us, they're just doing their own thing. Although there are some out there that say they're working in Christ and they are doing things against us because we're not doing the loan thing, we're doing the network thing. And, uh, and they don't like that, it makes them look bad. And so they want to make us look bad because we're networking. But, see, the network isn't held together by paperwork. It isn't held together by social contracts. It's not held together by compacts. The network is held together by faith, open and charity, by building relationships. Now, it's really hard to build a relationship with somebody miles and miles away. Now, I could do it, and I've done it, and uh done it by phone and calling them up, and every time they get upset, you know, you call them up, and you, you talk them through it, and next you know everything's okay again. But that's not... That's not ministerial material. If you have, if they get in fits and depression and, and they get upset and they get carried away with emotion and anger and, and somebody brings them some knowledge, true or not, and they, and they get carried away with that, and then you have to go and keep making amends in peace with them, you can certainly do that. But it's evident that they're not ministerial material because they have to be, you know, patted and and taken care of, and and keep bringing back. Now I can forgive them from afar, but I have taken a policy to allow them to see how far they'll go with their anger and their emotion and their judgment. The, the, because of the fact that what what we're seeing when we see this, and I I sent kind a of post to the network on this just recently. And uh, if you, you want to go join the network and ask them about the uh, the post on. Uh, uh, uh drowning the faithful uh, somebody probably still has a copy I probably still have a copy and we'll share that with you if you missed it if your contact minister didn't send it on to you uh you better check on your contact minister because he's not passing on stuff that goes to the contact minister's list see it's a network now I could send out everything to everybody I, mean, I, I have the emails of you know a thousand people um uh, but uh, and then on the Living Network I can send out to everybody individually I can send out to everybody uh, as a group but what I have another policy that is put on my heart so this is what I'm doing is that I send it to the contact ministers and they share it with others and uh, in some of the contact there's like Texas there's a bunch in uh, uh, Colorado there's one although they, they're looking at electing some more which they need I think Pennsylvania group, there's one. Um, Carolina, there's one. Uh, The Northeast area, including New York, there's one. There should be half a dozen in all those places because there's enough people on those groups. They're very slow about getting the idea of networking. They're very hesitant. It's not like, you know, we we want your firstborn son or something. You just have to pick somebody to put you in contact with the rest of the group. If you don't, you won't get the living network newsletter very simple concept it's networking now. The reason I send it to this contact ministers or what we call the c ministers is so that they can send it on to others so that people start saying, "Oh well, this came yeah, came from brother Gregory, but it it actually came from my contact minister to me, and it starts to focus people away from me and into a more local environment, yeah. They're in Pennsylvania. Okay, well, they're reaching out to somebody who's also in Pennsylvania, who's in contact with other people in Pennsylvania, and the idea is to eventually get together and have a meeting in Pennsylvania, or two meetings or four meetings, you know, North Pennsylvania group, South Pennsylvania group. Now, there's not a lot of people on this group, and that's really good now. I mean, I don't know what there is in that particular group of 30 or so people, uh, 30 or so emails and then they may be including families and in their own personal extended network you know other friends that may come to their house they, that would all be included in the network but at least we have you know uh, 30 or so emails that may represent 100, 200 people who knows uh, we're doing a survey actually we're. I would like to send out a warning to people on our network don't just give out your emails and phone numbers to everybody you know don't Don't just invite everybody right to your house unless you feel right about it. Um, Meet in neutral territory. Go to a restaurant, have coffee together or tea or a glass of milk or whatever it is that you drink, and have that. Uh, Have a meal. Uh, Get together with a bunch of guys. Uh, Sometimes you can call up a restaurant and say, you know, we'd like to meet at 2 o'clock and uh, uh, can we get a little discount in dinners if we come in there at 2 o'clock or pre-order or something like that and uh, everybody go there and just have a little dinner. Uh, maybe one of you has a place that's big enough to have a little potluck. Uh, you can do that. It, but then again, you're inviting to your home. And But if you already build that little constituency of people that you do trust, that's a little safer to do because you, you have to be careful who you invite into your home. And there's all kinds of people that are going to be joining this network. But you can filter out the riffraff if you bring the Holy Spirit into your congregation to begin with. And the way to do that is, why are you gathering? Are you gathering for what you can get out of things? Are you one of these sucking uh, people, (laughs) which is what most of society has become? The selfish are suckers. They suck in life from other people. They're always trying to get this or that or whatever from other people. But the kingdom is not. It's a, it's a breathing out society. You know, as Jesus came and first thing he said to the apostles after the resurrection is he breathed down them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Because the direction is different when you start entering the kingdom. You're not taking, you're giving. Now there's a lot of people that pretend to give, but they're actually takers. They drain you. Uh, they exhaust you. Now, that could be your problem, too, uh, especially if you're a little bit of a taker and you get in next to somebody who is of the Holy Spirit. You can't take what he has to give. Now, I'm talking about metaphysical things here, and I don't usually do that. I usually talk about the technicalities of the kingdom and allow you to discover the spiritual things. If I talk about the spiritual things, you'll turn it into intellectual concepts, and the spiritual reality is not an intellectual concept. It's a spiritual reality, and that is fostered when you get together. The kingdom is relationships of people and people and people and God. Now, people and people have relationships. Jesus talked about that. Thieves and robbers love one another. You know, they get their own little group together, and they love one another, but they don't have the love of God in them because all they do is love one another in their attempt to go out and take from others. I mean, you have whole nations that operate that way. They covet each other's goods. They take from each other. They rule over each other. They exercise authority over each other through democracies or communist governments for their own personal benefit. But they are patriotic. They love their country. So that's not what we're talking about in the kingdom. You have to love God. You have to attend to the weightier matters of law, judgment, judgment. and faith you have to be forgiving so that you may be forgiven uh, you have to love one another in an active sort of way not an emotional sort of yeah i feel good about you kind of way but actually be a doer locally with people one-on-one standing in front of you and that's very important that you do that now we've i hope that this is going out good i don't know uh, we actually had one of our laptops and that seems to have died today, so I can't really monitor if People are sending emails when they hear us. We did a lot of testing. We're using a different system now, uh, and they, I think they have gone up to another computer and checked, and they say we're doing okay. We do have call-in capability now, uh, hopefully, if we've done all our testing. Uh, Last week ended up being kind of a fiasco. We found out that there is an order to what buttons you can push and what receivers you can lift and what knobs you can turn. And uh, if you do that out of order, you have a disaster. And so hours of uh, testing went in, uh, recording our testing. Hopefully everything is going out okay. I think we can actually improve the sound some, uh, but
2: You're listening to FirstAmendmentRadio.com Worldwide. Freedom is never free. We need your
0: support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it, to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1 800 375 4188 or visit Discount Listen to Financial Survival with your host Melody Sederstrom and regular guest world renowned economist Robert Chapman right here on First Amendment Radio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit Discount Gold or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 toll free 1-800-375-4188 now listen to me the bible says render
1: unto Caesar that which is Caesar's I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar's
2: government takeover of the church this DVD is the most powerful tool we have For waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church. The whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church, Order online today at firstamendmentradio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them, if not you? Hi, Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines, 25 cents a gallon or five gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I saved my back and hundreds of dollars, too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide from my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away on bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at firstamendmentradio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address and we'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products.
1: I missed my cue from the radio station because we turned down a knob a little bit too low, uh, so I was probably cut off in the middle. But uh, we're back. Hopefully, we'll we'll get this uh, going again. Um, anyway, uh, the uh, what we're talking about is the kingdom is about relationships. Uh, the church is really about relationships. Again, relationships with God first, then that relationship will organize, temper, affect our relationships with others. Now, that does not mean we're all going to, since God is the same, you'd think, well, everybody else is going to be the same. No, God is the God of variety, and everybody isn't going to be the same, and other people, some people will have a very, uh, uh touchy-feely approach to their neighbor. And uh, some others will have a healing effect with their neighbor these are the individual realities people are different but the underlying character of God should be showing through that uh, I'm not a real touchy-feely guy uh I'm more direct I'm you know when when the situation around me gets all worked up I usually get calmer and calmer uh that that has a place in a community in a congregation other people have other abilities nobody should be panicking uh that is not you know that's not a god characteristic uh but uh, the way in which they deal with particular problems uh will uh manifest itself for instance uh If there was danger afoot, you'll see somebody like a a mother will grab the kids, where are the kids, and pull them together and pull them to protection while the husband may stand up and and face that danger and and put himself in in harm's way to protect the family. Now, both are doing what they do. Now, that's that's a clear difference in the way in which you react. But both are following according to their nature, and both are doing a godly thing to protect uh, others and to, to uh, protect themselves uh, for uh, you know from danger and to deal with danger as it comes. Well, there's a lot more subtle ways, and, and these ways will be different between one man and the next. You know, one man's a spearman, one man's a bowman. <laughs> one man's better with a sword than the shield. Well, those are those are metaphors of our physical existence. But the reality is that we don't do too much of that today. But we have other ways in which we confront evil and danger. And some will confront it in one manner, and some will do it the other. But the question is, this underlying. Approach: Are they for evil, against evil? Are they standing for righteousness? And how do they do it will this be determined by the character of that individual. And God will manifest himself through them. Uh, maybe he will speak. Uh, maybe he will look. And uh, his eyes will fire the arrows of uh, against the evil. You know, I've, I've been in places where evil was very strong. And you can feel the energy coming between especially if you get two groups fighting against each other and you'll see that energy passing back and forth and it's evil fighting evil because yeah, uh, evil does that all the time but then there's the greater evil uh, that's overseeing all this. Uh, but if you're bringing in the holy spirit it's a completely different set of parameters you're not you're not fighting this on the same level that they are and that they'll try to drag you down to that level with, you know, angry outbursts and, and challenges and uh, intimidation. Uh, but uh, these this is part of the spiritual warfare. How how does that go on? How does that work? Well, you can't teach somebody that on an intellectual explanation. You can only de- deal with that one-on-one, uh, individually, in the moment, because you can't... You, You cannot teach spiritual uh, training in an individual with intellectual tree of knowledge sources. So this is why I don't talk about these things all the time, but I do mention them. The reality is, is that when you start to form your home churches and you start to start really confronting the, the what you have hidden from in your own hearts, which is where we started from, is hiding from the fact that you have erred. And anybody thinks they haven't erred, why is the entire nation in bondage of Egypt far worse than it ever was before? Now, if you read the Covenants of God, a lot of people say, oh, well, it was because we did this and because we got the Social Security system and because we prayed for benefits and we're going to stop doing that. Well, that doesn't get you in the kingdom by stop doing that. It may get you into a lot of trouble with the world because you've obligated yourself by accepting benefits. what gets you in the kingdom? That's That's a completely different level. That's a completely different realm. Now, yeah, we talk about... You know, the Covenant of God doesn't tell you to get rid of your ID. It doesn't tell you to get rid of your Social Security number. It doesn't tell you to get rid of all these things. It shows you the problem. Well, Unfortunately, a lot of people read that book, and they still don't want to see the problem. And, and one of the evidences that they don't want to see the problem is they look out there at the world, and they say, ah, it's the world. It's the Federal Reserve. It's the government. That's not the problem. That's the circumstances. You are the problem because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you were filled with the Holy Spirit, you would have seen the dangers of that environment because God's telling you all the time. I'm shocked. Actually, you you may have got a glimpse of it at the time. I remember when somebody handed me my first Social Security card, and I stood there and stared at it for the longest time. I was like seven years old. And I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, this is important. I mean, this is important. I mean, I looked at the back. I looked at the front. I looked at it again and stared at it for, in quietness for a long time, trying to figure out what is this all about. And uh, I, could, I didn't have the answer. Uh, the knowledge could not come to me simply by the Spirit my spirit wasn't strong enough, because I wasn't attuned enough, because I hadn't let go of the world enough, whatever. The reality is, I knew there was something here. Same when I got my first driver's license. I mean, my father was an attorney. I asked him, why we had to get a driver's license? I don't get it. There the explanations didn't make sense. Because they don't stop you from running over people. They don't stop you from doing bad things. Well, I mean... There's no guarantee that you're going to do the right thing. Oh, well, they have testing. Well, originally, you just went down and got it. There was no test originally with driver's license. It wasn't, they didn't put it in place so that we would test these drivers to make sure that they're competent. You just went down and paid your 50 cents, and you got your driver's license, and then you could drive. What was that all about? I mean, it, actually, you go back a little bit farther, and the only ones who got licenses were people who were carrying commodities that didn't belong to them. And so, of course, the first people to get a driver's license was taxi cab drivers. Uh, and they were actually it was horse a buggy taxi cab drivers, <laughs> uh, but they were hauling people that didn't belong to them. If you you hauled freight that didn't belong to you, you would have to get a license. But if you hold freight that belongs to you, you didn't have to get a license. But nobody holds anything that belongs to them because nobody owns anything anymore. I mean, there's a huge transition that's taking place here. But if you want to get into the kingdom, that's a spiritual reality. And if you want to seek the kingdom, yeah, we will, we will put together paper evidence that you're seeking the kingdom, that you're trying to be separate, like the Amish people that we mentioned in that court case. Uh, They want to be separate, and they made this argument. They won their case. They don't have to register their animals. Uh, We've got healthcare coming up here that they're going to force everybody to become a part of a healthcare system. Well, the fact is, is the Amish got an exemption because they got their own system. And there's another group, uh, the Samaritan Church. They're trying to get an exemption too. Well, the fact is that if you were organized the way Christ said, in a network that Christ said to form, two or more gather together, two more people, okay, that's the preset in his name, according to his character. Well, those two people, if they really have His character and they gather together with the two of them, they won't stop there. They want to gather together with three. As soon as they find another third that wants to gather, they'll gather together with it, and a fourth, and a fifth, and a fifth, sixth, and a seventh. And the pattern goes that once you get up to about ten, twelve, maybe fifteen at the outside, you pretty much exhausted your ability to maintain a close personal relationship with those people because they have families, and I mean it gets to be too much, so they break off into congregations. In each congregation is autonomous because they have one minister. I mean, one minister can't tend to 500 people the way that a minister should. Now, that minister is a servant, he doesn't run the church. The church is run by the elders of each family that are not appointed elders, they're elders by circumstance. And we have a higher liberty book that goes into that in pretty good detail. It tells you what a deacon is, why they had the word deacon there, why it appears in the Latin, why it appears in the Greek had to do with the head of ten. And uh but he wasn't the ruler of ten, he was just the leader of ten. But he led in what? In spiritual charity and forgiveness. That's why he was picked. Not because he was a good bossy guy. Because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And he was willing to serve and make sure that we didn't lose track of anybody in the tent. And uh Uh, I'm working on another book that will explain this pretty good. I sent out a thing, just a brief thing, uh, called The Plan to the uh, uh, Contact Ministers. I just upgraded it last night a little bit. And they can share that with other people who have the Contact Ministers. And where that is on the net, they can find that. There's no link to it unless you go to them. And uh, it talks about how this kingdom works it's the plan some people worry that I do too much chastising on this radio program and not enough showing you what to do well I'm not going to show you exactly what to do you got to do that you know what you have to do more than anything else is learn how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to eat of the tree of life you know receive the Holy Spirit That's what you're going to need to do more than anything else. And I can't show you how to do that. I can show you the evidence that you haven't been doing that. (laughs) But uh, you're going to have to learn to do that, and you can only do that by meeting with local congregations. You say, well, most of the people are 10, 20, 30 miles away. It's so far to drive. Well, then find other people. Most of you live in fairly populated areas. And you have not contacted everybody within five miles of you. You have not shared with them the message of the kingdom. You I don't care if you're Lutheran, Protestant, Episcopalian. I don't care if you're Muslim, uh, Hindu. You can hear the kingdom. You can keep your personal traditions, fine. But you can hear the kingdom and live the kingdom and love your neighbor and come together and sit in a room. You know, uh, don't divide yourselves with doctrine. Gotta believe it exactly this way. That's, nobody's gonna get into heaven today to believe it exactly this way. The doers of the Word. Who's doing the Word? Who's loving one another? I sent out a little post last night that involved the meaning of the word Logos. The Word. God was the Word. The Word was made flesh. What are they talking about? The word logos. You know, that's it's, it's kind of a strange metaphor, don't you think? Using the word logos. There? Well, the word logos had a very legal meaning at that time. It, it appears in the codes of Justinian. So anyway, the call-in number here. We're coming on to the quarter hour. Here, uh, if my tracking numbers have my tracking numbers are jumping around here. Um, the fact is, is uh uh caller number is five four one nine four three three one three three, 3133 and you'll probably hear that ring to them, figure out how to mute that on his other phone. <laughs> uh we, we buy some equipment, we think this is, we've got all the buttons on it, and you find out it doesn't have a few of the buttons that you wanted to have. <laughs> but uh, somebody else will pick it up, and we'll make sure that it isn't a neighbor calling us. <laughs> And we'll get you on the air if you have a question. But uh, spiritual fasting, what's that about? Well, you know, we feed ourselves with many things, music, uh, food, uh, TV, uh, entertainment, uh, imagination. Uh, fasting for these things is to learn to be still. You learn not to reach outside yourself, to say, oh, I'm going to wait upon the Lord and see if he doesn't fill me. And just be still. And, you know, that's something you can do in your congregational meetings. Is if, if you're so inclined, I'm not trying to set up a regiment here. <laughs> you're supposed to be following the Holy Spirit. Uh, be still and know. And wait upon the Lord. Listen. Uh, come together and wonder what can we do Let's do, let's do some charitable act. Let's all go down to the hospital. Let's all go down to the convalescent home. Go in there and say, yeah, we're from the Holy Church. And, and the fact is you form a congregation. We'll give you ID. And you walk into those places and you say, I'd like to go visit uh, whoever gets visited the least. Whoever is the loneliest person here, I'd like to visit them. Can we visit them? And you go in there and you visit. Well, they won't let you in unless you're affiliated with some church. Well, that's what the network can do. We can supply you with their paperwork because they, they don't see your heart. Now, I've actually gone into jails. And everybody said, oh, you can't get in there. They'll never let you in there. You know, you got to have credentials. you got to go take this course and everything. And I went into jail, and it wasn't visiting hours. It was on the weekend. You're not supposed to be able to see anybody. And I walk in there, and I said, yeah, I know that I'm not supposed to see anybody and that you're not supposed to have visitors when it's not visitors' hours, but I'm in town. And I'd like to visit a prisoner here. And I didn't have to show ID. You know, they just said, yeah. And they they let me visit with him privately. Like brought him right out. <laughs> we sat down and we talked for an hour. Everybody said that was impossible. Nobody would let you do that. They let me do it. Nobody didn't show nothing. But sometimes you need a little help with your own belief. So we can get you some credentials, but you got to form a congregation of record, because that would be unfair to everybody else if we just gave you those credentials. And that congregation of record has to remain of record. It has to meet certain criteria. Very simple. You don't have to send me a hundred bucks. You don't have to send me a thousand bucks. You don't have to do anything. But you got to let me know what you're up to. You got to talk to me. You got to not. Actually, I don't want you to just call me and tell me. I want you to put it down on a piece of paper. Make a record. That's what a record is. Put it down on a piece of paper. You have meetings. We have meetings every week. We've talked about this. We've started this project. We find a need for ID. Uh, one fellow wants press ID. Get in a congregation, and then do your minister who acts as a notary, uh, and the witness of others will get your press ID. But you got to show evidence that you're actually a freelance press guy for the network, and then we will provide that. Uh, so this is this is how it works: is that we bear witness one to each other that we do uh, uh, this thing that is clearly what the early church was doing. They would be writing letters that state that uh, this is so-and-so. Those are credence letters, letters of credence, announcing, so that they know. And they they look at the, oh, this is is from Paul. And I know Paul's handwriting because this isn't the only letters he's written. He was here. He stayed with us. And now he's saying, here's another guy that I like and I trust and greet him. That's important. We're going to have people going around from congregation to congregation and we want reports from the last congregation they were at as to what they were up to. Because we got some mischievous people going around here who think that, oh, they come on sweet. And, and maybe they'll repent of what they've been doing, but they go around and poison other people's minds. And uh, they lie. And they do it very good. But they're, and the best liars are the ones who lie to themselves first. Because they really believe what they're saying. But it's still backbiting, deception, and decei- deceiving people, dividing people. We have to guard against that. And we have to expose it. Not only for the people that are deceived, but the original people that did the deceiving. They need to be exposed because they're hiding. You see, that's what we're to bring is a light into the world. Now, some of the congregations want to just be their own little congregation. Well, they can do that. But if they have light in their congregation, why are they hiding it under a bushel basket? Why aren't they sharing that with other congregations? I've encouraged the contact ministers that they have things going on that's working. Send a positive report back to the other contact ministers. Those other contact ministers should send that positive report onto their own group saying, Hey, the group in Texas is doing this. Hey, the group in Carolina is doing this. Hey, the group in uh, Oregon is doing this. And let them know. People actually think there's nobody out there. They think it's just us because they only hear from us. That's why we're pointing back to the contact ministers. Now, the network is really a very small part of the people that we've been in contact with. Uh, we, we've been in contact with lots of people over around the country, and they're they're reading the book and they're forming their own congregation, but they're not necessarily a part of the network yet. They're hesitant. They don't trust it yet. Well, that's good. I want them to be hesitant. I don't want them to be too trusty. I want them to check things out. But we can have some meetings. You know, if you have congregations all over Texas, you can have one time this year where everybody does drive and meet someplace in Texas a long ways to come out here now we're going to have a meeting out here in September uh we may have a little bit of a local meeting in June I think up in Vail I don't think I have an exact date yet um uh, and then we may be doing something uh around Passover here but we're not interested in having people come all the way from New York unless they feel inclined to it it's mostly going to be camping and stuff like that and uh get out the Barbie and that kind of thing um, actually uh, around the 30th I can't even be here or 31st I think it is, I have to be somewhere else but uh, uh, that may be a local event but the fact is you should have local events in your own areas you should work on building a network and not be reclusive not be separate uh, you're separate in the network, the network is just you know, you don't what, are you going to go off and hide in a cave and unplug your phone? Uh, this is a way in which you can stay in contact with others so that you may be of help. Now, I mentioned the uh, uh, Samaritan Church. What they do is they, they got a, like an assurance program where if somebody has a medical bill, they submit it, and then other people are notified. And instead of paying a premium to a company to enrich some CEO... Uh, they actually pay the individual's medical bill, and they have rules and, and guidelines to, to go by on exactly. You know, they they don't pay for abortion. Uh, they don't pay for um, uh, sexually transmitted disease that you got outside of marriage. Um, they they don't deal deal with those things, I guess. I've uh, sort of heard, I haven't read all the details on, them, but I've seen how it works a little bit. But the reality is is that they're trying to impose discretion through the rules, and, and that's commendable, but that's dangerous. And what you need to do is have the congregation, all the choice within the local congregation, and the local congregation should deal with their health issues. And the fact is we've already come up with many viable solutions to health problems that don't cost anything uh, to speak of and are very successful uh alternative systems of health, as well as miraculous healings. Um, and we've done that uh, locally, but we want to share that with other congregations. And other congregations, I'm sure, are doing similar things, and they can share with us, and that's why the network's important. And the network should not be dependent upon the Internet, but by actual relationships with people near and far. And one of the big culprits in dividing this is doctrines that people will not set down and actually come together. Oh, you got to believe it this way. you got to believe it that way. They're not really believing in freedom. They don't want to be bossed around by the government of the world, but they don't really... They would like to control what other people think and the way other people think to accept their particular moralistic... I'm not going to say moralistic dogmatic. Perspective. It doesn't really have anything to do with morals. It has to do with dogma that men with way too much time on their hands have created out of the book that bring men back into body. You know, there, there's no, I don't I don't get into heavy doctor. I don't get into heavy dogma. Uh, I will on an individual basis. You
0: have been listening
1: to, but I don't want to be casting it out there and Brother putting Reagan it over me. I don't want to blanket a dogma. Church. You gotta show me that this is not a going master.